Hello and welcome to the Middle East Forum speaker webinar series. I'm Stacey Roman and I will be moderating this discussion today. We're pleased to have Oprah Bengio, a professor at Tel Aviv University and head of the Dayan Center's Kurdish Studies program, here to discuss Kurdistan's movement moment in the Middle East. Professor Bengio will speak for 15 minutes and open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen to type out your question. And now with no further ado, I'll turn the discussion over to Professor Ofra Bengio. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, when I published my book, Kurdistan's Moments in the Middle East, it was really the zenith of the achievements of the Kurds in all three parts of Kurdistan. In Turkey, they managed to send for the first time in, Kurdish, in Turkish history, to send to the parliament a Kurdish party, which gained some 13% uh, of, of the votes, which was really something uh, irregular. In Syria, the Kurds of Syria managed to uh, defeat Daesh and to build for themselves a, a strong autonomy. And in, of course, in Iraq, they defeated Daesh. They uh, managed to uh, accomplish and to, um, to conquer some 40% of the area and to have a referendum for independence in 2017. But then by 20, uh, 2018, all three started to experience uh, experiment with set, setbacks, one after the other like a domino uh, effect. It started with Turkey when there was uh, a coup and they put all the most of the activists of party members in prison, especially the leader of the Kurdish party, uh, Selahattin Demirtash, adding to the other leader, uh, Öcalan, who was already in prison since 1999. Then in uh, Iraq, after the referendum, uh, the whole, all the countries surrounding them were attacking them and uh, almost they lost uh, most of the area which they have conquered from uh, Daesh and uh, they experienced a severe trauma such as they have, uh, led, they have had before. And then in Syria, Turkey started to attack the Kurdish region uh, and to take back uh, Afrin and other areas which, they, which the Kurds managed to uh, conquer uh, with the Daesh, paying some 11 11,000 Kurds in Syria and more than 1,000 in Iraq for fighting Daesh. So, but now what are we looking for is right now, what kind of, middle, of um, let's say Kurdistan, parts of Kurdistan we are, with, we are having. We can say that all three parts suffer now from socioeconomic problems, from the COVID problems, etc. But we can say that each part has its own mode, its own struggles. For example, in Turkey, now we can say they are in a mode of survival because as I said, most of the party members are in prison and uh, there is a, a severe pressure on all members of the party uh, and, uh, and uh, severe persecutions such as not allowing to use the language, etc. In Syria, we can say that this is a struggling mode because they are trying to defend the little autonomy which they have achieved 
and fighting three uh, enemies at one at the same time, Turkey, the Syrian government, and at times also Daesh. So we have, we have now to look at the more promising part of Kurdistan, that is uh, the Kurds of Iraq. Uh, the Kurds of Iraq have been uh, enjoying um, autonomy for thir some 30 years, and this um, helps understand the, the more uh, successful part of Kurdistan. Still, we can say that they too are now witnessing severe challenges. I can mention uh, four main challenges, which um, really are very different for the Kurds of Iraq. The first challenge, as I mentioned, is the socio-economic challenge, which was caused by the fact that uh, Baghdad did not uh, allow the payment for the wages for the Kurds, for the Kurdish uh, workers, so that um, for some time now there is quite a kind of, um, um, uh, let's say, difficult times for the Kurds uh, for the Kurds um, in, in Iraq itself. In addition, the COVID problem where uh, the Kurds, like in Iraq, in other parts of Iraq, are suffering a lot and they don't have all the utilities to help them in this. Uh, but the main problem is really um, the ongoing rivalry between two parties in Iraqi Kurdistan, the Patriotic Union of Kurdistan and the um, Kurdistan Democratic Party, or we can say two extended families, the Barzanis and the Talabanis. And uh, what's the, the problem, the main problem is not just the struggle for power, which started since uh, many years ago, maybe 40 years ago, but the problem is that each of the two is uh, oriented to a different partner. For example, the Barzanis are oriented to Turkey, and the Taliban is to Iraq and to Iran, which helped the, the, these two countries to divide and rule the two partners and to uh, help uh, or to stop you know, solving the problem between these two uh, main uh, partners in, in the Kurdistan of Iraq. There's also the problem of intra-Kurdish, uh, problem of the Turkish-Kurdish PKK, which has its basis in Iraqi Kurdistan and which um, is using the land of area of Kurdistan in order to attack uh, against, to, to carry attacks against Turkey. This uh, complicates the problem very much because then Turkey has built its own basis inside the Iraqi Kurdistan and it is attacking the region, the Kurdish region in Iraqi Kurdistan. And in this way, they really uh, jeopardize the stability of the Kurdish region. Uh, another main problem is the um, problematic, the thorny uh, problems between Baghdad and the Erbil and Baghdad and the Kurds. And uh, what we have seen since uh, 2017, since the collapse of the referendum and what, what was the, 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 the aftermath of the referendum, Baghdad is trying to suffocate this autonomy in many ways. For example, it um, tries to um, um, try to forget to, to not to allow the um, census in the disputed areas. 
between uh, Baghdad and Erbil. There are, we are talking about some uh, uh, areas where they are rich with oil and the two parties are um, trying to have them uh, as their own uh, part. But the problem is that, um, and the constitution allowed for to have a census there in order to see what the uh, population wants. But since uh, 2003, the central government is trying not to, uh, is evading these, uh, this census and this referendum. The other point is it's uh, trying to uh, stop sending the budget to budget to the region because of some oil problems and other financial problems. And so all in all, um, there are a lot of problems between the Baghdad and Erbil. And even the, um, let's say the amicable uh, prime minister Kazemi is not so able to solve the problem because of the pressure of the Shi'i militias, which are actually the main uh, force in the region in Baghdad. Um, my question, the question that I would like to ask is, what should the Biden administration do and what the Kurds can expect from this new administration? Can they hope for a better treatment than um, that of the Trump administration? Because the Trump administration, as we know, as, as, as the Kurds see it, they betrayed them both both in Syria and um, in Iraq and even in Turkey. So the question is if there is, there might be a change under the uh, Biden administration. So I would like to remind you that uh, Biden, the Biden was the most pro-Kurd ever in, uh, in, in the United States, supporting them in various, uh, uh, not just in work, but he came very often and met the Kurdish leaders and uh, was uh, for the federalization of Iraq. The question is now when he is in power, he will uh, be true to his promises. Um, I would like to say that uh, from, as I see it, it is in the interest of the new administration to both help solve uh, the problems between Baghdad and Erbil, and even to see the entrenchment of uh, a strong uh, government uh, and stable Kurdish region. And why is it so? Uh, for various reasons. First, the Kurds have remained the, the most reliable and pro-American um, power partners in Iraq. We sh I should write uh, to remind you that while more than 4,100 uh, soldiers uh, have died in Iraqi part, in the Iraqi part, in Kurdistan. Not one soldier died in, in, since that time, since 2003. The other reason is that the Kurdish region is very rich in gas and oil and um, uh, very stable so that entrepreneurs, American entrepreneurs and others can uh, try to find uh, some enterprise in that area. Um, if for any reason it, it seems that the, the Americans, uh, American forces might be forced to leave uh, the Baghdad, the region, the Arab, uh, the Arab part of Iraq, they uh, most probably can find um, a safe place in order to relocate to, and this is to Kurdistan. And we are seeing, for example, that there is now a, 
a, a big, um, I wouldn't say embassy, but a place like an embassy being built in, in Erbil because they believe, the Americans believe that this is a most stable and uh, most secure area uh, in Iraq, and not just in Iraq, maybe in the whole region. This is what we can see that um, uh, the, the KRG or the Kurdistan region of Iraq is a very secure area. There were some problems here and there, but we cannot compare them, for example, to the attacks of Daesh, which are mainly carried against uh, Americans, against the central government in Baghdad, and against the Shi'i militias. And so far, the Kurdish region has remained quite safe from these attacks. Um, the other thing is, I think, supporting the Kurdish region may send a strong message to both Iran and Turkey uh, to, prefer, to prevent their encroachment into uh, the region, into Iraq, and uh, in this way, weaken uh, the pro-Iranian forces. All in all, I would like to say that um, it's only the future will tell us if whether the uh, uh, Biden administration will uh, be able to uh, preserve the Kurdish uh, autonomy, support it to remain strong against the pressure of three states, which are really, as uh, President Biden himself says, are re uh, ready to eat it. Uh, if it manage, if it wants to get into independence. So in the future is beyond us, but otherwise I think that uh, the Kurdish region of Iraq holds strong promises for continuing to be uh, an autonomy and not uh, su su surrender to Baghdad. Thank you. Wonderful, thank you so much. Uh, so the first question is, are the Iraqi Kurds currently part of the central government? Uh, they are part of the central government, but we are talking about a federal system, which the constitution started back in 2005. According to the constitution, the government should be according to a federal system so that uh, there is a strong uh, uh, autonomy of the Kurdish region, but it, for example, the budget, it, it should get the budget from uh, Baghdad and um, other things, but for example, if we are talking about how strong this autonomy, we can say, we should say that there is um, a parliament, a Kurdish parliament, a Kurdish uh, a minister, minister they, they have their own flag, their own anthem, so that this is really a very, um, we can say this is a state within a state. The formula is federation, but we can say that this is a state within a state. Thank you. Is Israel actively helping the Kurds at the present time? Uh, I think that this is a very problematic issue because in the past we know it helped the Kurds a lot, but I think since, since uh, 2017, after the collapse of the referendum, uh, the Kurds are very uneasy about any relations with Israel because of the pressure from Baghdad and the surrounding countries, any, you know, any help that Israel can, it, it is doing it behind the scenes, certainly. I mean, it's not like when um, Netanyahu uh, declared his uh, support for a, a, 
uh, Kurdish independence it's far away from this now because it seems that such declarations were more harmful than supportive for the Kurds. Thank you. So we have a question in here. Uh, you pointed out the Barzani and Talibani rivalry is a key challenge to hampering KRG's progress toward greater autonomy. And you also highlighted the US role. Which of the two dynamic, the internal and the external, do you think will be a greater factor in preserving or furthering the Kurdish political aspirations? I think they are interrelated because if we go back to the, to the referendum, had it been uh, without, I mean, the PUK somehow supported the, uh, uh, the uh, militias to enter into Kirkuk and to, to make the, all the experience to collapse the experience. But for example, if the United States would have said something supportive for the referendum, not to call for a, a, an independence, but to support this move somehow or to prevent uh, the attacks by Baghdad, it might have been, the, the story might have been different. So I think the two are interrelated and you cannot disconnect one from the other. Because if the internal problems are not solved, the Americans will not be able to help. And, but what we can say on the whole, the United States have supported a lot in solving, in bringing the two parties together. If we go back to 1990, 1998, it was the Americans who brought the two parties together and managed to have to contain the problem between them until now, we can say. So the role of the Americans is, you see how interrelated it is. I mean, they should first pressurize the two parties, but also pressurize Baghdad to solve the problem with the Kurdish region. So I think the role of the Americans is very crucial. In, if I if I can say one word, very very crucial. Understood. Thank you. So the problem with a Kurdish nation is regional stability. The existence of a Kurdish state, landlocked and surrounded by foes, would be in constant conflict with others. Can you address this stumbling block? The stumbling block of um, how can how can they uh, overcome this stumbling block? Correct. <laughs> Uh, again, I think this is um, the great power is, is very important here. The external support, the UN support, the EU support, the Amer but mainly the American support because I think uh, if the American support comes and um, you know even just stopping Iraq from attacking or uh, or doing things against the Kurds, this might help them to to overcome this stumbling block and um, uh, but yeah this is a main problem but uh, we know of other countries who manage I would like to here to bring very important uh, example and this is South Sudan South Sudan suffers from the same problem of Kurdistan and when the United States supported the referendum there for independence and then immediately uh, this the in independence itself now South Sudan is is a is, a, is an independent country. So that's why I'm saying that this is so crucial. The American role is very crucial, but maybe the experiment in South Sudan was not so helpful. And it was not so successful. That's why maybe the Americans have a second thought regarding Kurdistan. 
for supporting Kurdistan, but I think the, 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 the situation in Kurdistan is much better than South uh, Sudan in many ways. Their governability, by the way, is much better than Baghdad itself. This is very important to note. It, why was I stressing support to Kurdistan? Because everybody knows that now Iraq is a non-state. They say, they call it La Daula in Arabic. It's a non-state. And we are talking actually about two non-state actors, which is the Kurdistan party and the, the, the Arab party. So is there any unity among the Kurds to form this Kurdish state? No, we, we cannot say that there will be a, a, what the Kurds are dreaming of, of a Kurdistan Mezim, they call it Greater Kurdistan. Uh, this is inconceivable in what we are seeing. But in my opinion, if there would be one region where they can build a strong autonomy and from this that it will turn it to be into a free country, maybe those uh, Kurds from other parts may come and help and, you know, but the problem is that there is intra-Kurdish problems among themselves. What we can say that the leaderships in all parts of Kurdistan or the elites are fighting each other in a way, not fighting literally, but um, are rivals. For example, PKK is a rival to KDP and uh, to PYD, etc. But on the, uh, let's say, um, level of the people, the, then you have a strong uh, support to some, you know, Kurdistan Mezim. So you see big difference between the leadership, the elite, and the common people. You have a strong identity of Kurdish identity among the people and a strong willingness to have um, some independence or at least to, you know, get rid with all these sufferings throughout the last uh, century. But the leadership, this is the problem. The elites are, are you know, rivaling, are rivals against each other. So where do the Kurds in Iran stand in all of this? Mm -hmm. This is a very sad story, the Kurds of Iran. Uh, it's uh, really... Uh, <laughs> Why is it sad story? Because in Iran, it was, this, uh, you know, established the first Kurdish state in, two, in uh, sorry, 1946. There was a small um, state, we, can, we, we call it the Kurdistan state or Mahabad state. And it uh, survived only for um, some nine months, but it granted the Kurds all this, the, the flag, the anthem, everything, and the feeling that they can do a state of themselves. But since then, I think um, the world has forgotten about them. And I think this is a, a, a great um, a misunderstanding or misuse of the Kurds of Iran. It, it's, 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 I, I can't understand why the United States did not help the Kurds of Iran at the time when Iranian the Iranian government is so anti-American. I mean, this is really something which I could not understand neither under Obama nor under um, the Trump administration. And um, I think this, uh, this is really, th these are the forgotten Kurds, but they are, 
trying, they are fighting, but nevertheless, they are forgotten everywhere. Nobody uh, tried to support them. Mm. Along those lines, why would the Kurds believe the U.S. given past action? They shouldn't. <laughs> if I were Kurds, I should prove that I am better than anyone else. And uh, I mean, uh, I think this is the main mistake of the Kurds is that they give you know all their military force all, all their all what they can do because they believe uh, that in the last minute or in the final analysis the americans will support them but then as we have seen in syria and in kurdistan of iraq the americans did not stand by them so but I, in my opinion their mistake is not to write down the rules of the play before going into the play this is the main problem of the kurds I think they are very strong militarily. They are very good soldiers, good fighters, uh, courageous fighters, but not so strong in diplomacy and politics. And this is something uh, that they should uh, learn in the future, in my opinion, and to, to see how can really use what they have to contribute in order to, to contribute to themselves and not just to the world and to America or the others. Thank you. So at this current time, where do the various Kurdish entities receive their armaments? Uh, they don't have so much armament. This is only, you know, light armament. Um, lately, we know that the Americans supported the Kurds of Syria somehow with light armament. And, but and also Iraq in the Kurdistan of Iraq, but it is nothing, you know, like they don't have um, neither tanks, they don't have uh, airplanes. So any airplane can come and just finish them in a, you know, in a very short time. This is the main problem. They are strong on the ground, but they cannot fight, um, you know, when, when, for example, when the uh, attack from the air against the chemical weapon when Saddam Hussein used the, the chemical weapon against them, bombarded them from the planes. What can they do in such cases? So, I mean, they have some light weapons, but it's nothing. They cannot withstand the tanks and the, and the air force, etc. And now when Turkey is also attacking them from the air, um, the, the PKK gave them the ground to attack um, the excuse Get excuse the Turkey to attack inside Iraqi territory, inside Kurdish territory in Iraq, because they uh, because they they seem to be dangerous to to Turkey. So the Kurdistan Kurdistan of Iraq is suffering from different parts. Understood. So if there was an independent Kurdistan, how different would that be in effect from the current autonomy of the region? Uh, now they are not free to do whatever, what any other country would do. I mean, they don't have, uh, let's say, um, they are not included in the UN. They cannot do their own foreign affairs. They cannot buy their weapons. They cannot sell their oil. They cannot sell their gas freely. They are dependent on Baghdad. They are dependent on many other forces. 
So what it means is uh, how independent you are. I mean, independence will enable them to do many things if they manage to do it correctly. But now they are not, uh, for example, whenever Baghdad decides to weaken them, it is, it's going to do so because they have no other alternative. They are part of Iraq and they, uh, if uh, Iraq decides not to send the budget or not to reach an agreement on disputed territories, they are, they cannot move without this. And for our final question, is there any chance for an independent state for Kurdistan? I used to believe that there is a chance, there was a chance. I thought that maybe 2003 was a good time for them to try and get their independence. I also thought that might be 2017 when, you know, Daesh was finished and then Baghdad was weak and the American might have supported there were some times, these times, but maybe, maybe the young generation will see, maybe you will see an independent Kurdistan. I hope that I'll hear it too from somewhere. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, uh, for, for myself, I hope very much that they will have, I mean, they really suffered too much and they owe it, the world, uh, uh, you know, owe it to them to have their own state.